Recorded live. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Lord, we thank you for this day. God, we just thank and praise you for another opportunity for personal touch to be on the line, oh God, to be in fellowship with your people. And most of all, Lord God, to be able to give a word from the Lord, from the heart of God, pertaining to our situation right now, pertaining to how we carry ourselves right now. Oh, God, we just ask in the name of Jesus that you will begin to move by your spirit in the name of Jesus. Just move, Lord God, by your spirit. It's not our will, but thy will will be done. We ask you, Lord God, that you be pleased at what you hear tonight. Oh, God, and let the hearers and the doers of your word, even that sinner, oh, God, that backslider, oh, God, whichever category, oh, God, is hearing this word of God tonight. Lord God, we just been moved by your spirit. Speak a word, oh, God, into the lives, to the souls of your people, oh, God, that are hearing, that are hearing and doing the word of God. Speak a word, O oh God, into the lives in the, of your people tonight and that soul, O oh God, that soul that is strayed away from you, O oh God, and think that it's still in the will of God. O oh God, we just thank and praise you tonight for your truth. We thank and praise you tonight, O oh God, for how we know that all things work together for the good. For you said so according to your word in Romans 8 and 28. You said, and we know that all things work together for the good, for them that love God, to them who are the called according to your purpose. And, Lord God, you've called us into your righteousness. You've called us out of unrighteousness. You've called us, oh God, into the will of God, which is unchangeable, oh God. And we ask in the name of Jesus that through this teaching tonight, oh God, that you would, oh God, let this word be hidden in our hearts, but, oh, God, give us the revelation knowledge, the wisdom knowledge and understanding that we need in this word to be able to go through another day that you permit for us. We love you, Lord God. We thank you for the, the, the people online tonight, and we ask, oh, God, that you would allow the people to begin to open up, oh, God, open up themselves for the glory of God, because the only mistake, Lord God, is the questions that we don't ask. The only mistake is to feel like we already arrived in this thing. The only mistake, Lord God, is when we feel like, well, I don't need prayer and I don't need this. Oh, God, help us tonight. Help us tonight to know, Lord God, that it's only the will of the flesh that says I'm, I'm all right. It's only the will of the flesh that says I'm, I'm, I'm adequate, I'm fine. It's only the will of the flesh, which is controlled by the devil, Lord God, that will say, no, I know enough of God's word and God knows my heart. So, Lord God, we just ask you tonight to help us. We ask you to begin to tear down and destroy, oh, God, those barriers of tradition, those barriers of foolishness. We just ask you, Lord God, to begin to tear down and destroy the will of man, oh, God, in Christ Jesus. That will, oh, God, that soul, Lord God, that's saying, Lord, I love you. Lord, I want to serve you. Lord, I'm doing all I know to do to get it right with you. That soul, Lord God. We're asking right now in the name of Jesus that you would allow the word to come in like a demolition crew tonight, oh, God, in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to the hearers that they will be able to rise up up above their circumstances and call on the name of Jesus. Because, Lord, there's power in the name of Jesus. And you said that if we call unto you, you said that you will answer us 
and show us great and mighty things that we know us not. We ask you, Lord God, to show us those great and mighty things tonight through your teaching. Thank you for speaking to us from your heart. Thank you for loving us, oh God, so much that you gave your only begotten son, oh God, that you sent him, oh God, to reconcile us back to you as well as show us how to treat you, how to love you, how to honor you and respect you in all of your way, your word, your will. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We love you. We appreciate you. In Jesus' name, and amen, and amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. This is Personal Touch International Ministries. Again, this is Apostle Tracy Robinson. I'm with you again, and and, uh, I thank and praise God for you all because I've enjoyed, amen, being able to just step in and and teach these lessons this month, amen, of things that I know that we need to know because, you know, we get called up as, as, as believers, you know, as saints of God. We really do get called up in thinking that God owes us something because he called us into righteousness. We really get called up into the point of feeling like, well, God, you called me, so I don't know why you expecting me to do all this and that. Anything that, that don't make no sense and is out of the will of God. You know, we get called up because, see, today we're not being taught. A lot of people are not being taught the word of God like they need to be taught in spirit and in truth. People are running around like spiritual whoredom, running from one church to another, getting this information, getting a little bit of that, and getting a little bit of this. And I think as Elder Harvey had taught us, couple of months back, when you go to eating from too many tables and stuff, you might get fat, you might gain a little weight, but the thing is, your digestive system, this is me saying this, your digestive system might get out of order. You might not be able to discharge a lot of that waste of that stuff that you've been eating at all those different tables and stuff. So you've got to be mindful of where you're supposed to be so you'll be able to know, do, and understand the perfect will of God for your life. Amen. And we've been talking about the will of God. So there's nothing really even to talk about. Amen. Because when you talk about the word of God, you're talking about the will of God. And there's no way in the world you could talk about the word of God without talking about God's will. Because as he said in St. In in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So when you talk about his will, his way, amen, you're talking about God. When you're talking about his Word, you're talking about God. When you're talking about God, you're talking about his Word. Amen. It's just interchangeable. No matter which way you take it, you got God, no matter which way. Amen. Through his son, Jesus, you got the Lord God. So we're going to talk to you tonight about sacrifices and offerings. Amen. What are you bringing to the altar of God? Sacrifices and offerings. What are you bringing to the altar of God? Amen. And we'll start out by in the beginning. If you would go to Genesis 4 and verses 3 through 7, and you will begin to see, amen, where sacrifices and offerings actually began in the garden. In, well, they were not in the garden of Eden no more. I don't know where Adam and me are at at this point. But anyway, they were outside of the garden of Eden. Thank you, Father. But sacrifices and offerings, what are you bringing to the altar of God? And as I say, we're going to start out with Genesis 4, verses 3 through 7. And it reads, 
And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Remember that now. The Lord had respect to Abel and to his offering. Verse 5 says, but unto Cain, I'm sorry, I was supposed to do three, wasn't it? Three through seven. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Verse 3 says, let me start over. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain bought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Verse 4 says, and Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Verse 5 says, but Cain. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. Listen at that now. Unto Cain and to his offering, God had no respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance failed. He was mad. He even looked mad on his face. Verse 6 says, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why, why are you mad? Why you got wrath on your face? And why is thy countenance fallen? Verse 7 says, If thou doest well, shall not thou be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. Let me say that again. Sin lieth at the door. Remember that too. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So therefore, sacrifices and offerings, what are you bringing to the altar of God? Because, see, God should get your best, your very first and your best. Amen. Because, see, the fact, when it talks about the fact thereof, the fact means the first, the rich part, that fertile part, that part that don't have spots nor blemishes on it, that part that you in your heart, okay, you want it to give to God solely. In other words, you couldn't wait to give it to God. God, I love you, Jesus, because you wanted God to have it. Not after you severed through it, not after you decided, well, this is all I got left for God, so I'm going to give him what I got left. Now, I'm not talking tithes and offerings, okay? Those, that is part of your giving. And I'll clarify that as we further, you know, go into the study. And I'm not knocking tithing and offering, so don't get that misunderstanding either. That's biblical, and that, that's right. So but Abel, when Abel brought his sacrifice and offering, he brought the first of his flock, not the sheep that were left over from him selling them maybe or giving to others. He didn't give God what was left. And get this, he had a heart to give, hallelujah. He had a heart to want to give to God first, which made God respect him and respect his sacrifice and offering. So where Cain gave God whatever he wanted to give him, and he grudged in his heart toward giving it to God. First of all, he didn't have a mind to give God his first. If he offered it to somebody else or sold it to somebody else or wanted to give it to somebody else, that's, that's that Cain spirit. They did that first. He would do that first. Then whatever was left over, as I said, he would give that to God. But then even that leftover or whatever was left over, he grudged in his heart to give it. 
somewhat like we are today toward God by saying to God, you're God. You got everything. Why do you need what I have? You know I ain't got but a little bit, and you know I got to do this, and you know I got to do that. God understands that. That's why he says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God wants to become our soul source in our lives, in our mind, spirit, souls, and body. The word teaches us to be in the world and not of the world. See, when you become to be of the world, then you take on, you become a partaker of the things of this world. God, I hear you, Jesus. You want to dress like them. You want to look like them. You want to act like them. But yet you want to be in the sense as a sheep, pretending like you a sheep. But yet you're looking across the fence saying, I sure wish I was like them because they seem like they got it going on. You know, don't even consider the source of your blessing, which is God himself. So think about your giving and sacrifices and offerings toward God. Think about that. When you give, when we give according to the word of God in giving, then we will have the promises of God. We have the promises of God's word. And I'm going to get to the point now that God don't need no money, so don't, don't, don't try to rush me with that. Don't try to get ahead of me yet now because I'm getting there. Amen? Are there any questions or comments so far at this point? Amen, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Of course, I'm enjoying this study. Amen. Amen. And and, and I was just looking at this here, you know, when, when we give. Amen. Like you say, we got to have a heart to give. Amen. Yes. We got to give God the first. Don't be trying to, okay, I'm going to do all of these things here before I give God. Amen. The heart has to be right. Amen. And God said in verse 7, I was looking at that in the Amplified Bible, say, he said, if you do well, will you not be accepted? Amen. Will I not see these things and reward them? And if you do not well, sin crouches at the door. It desires mm-hmm. is for you, but you uh-huh. must master it. Amen. That's it. That's he it. Right there. It. Amen. Like Paul says, when I want to do good, evil is present with me. That's it. It's That's right it. there. Amen. Mm-hmm. He, the Lord saying you must master this thing, though. Amen. And I'm That's the it. only way that you can master this thing is to come through me. Amen. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? something. Amen. Sin crouches at the door, and it's, its desire is for you. Amen. To get you in its clutches. Amen. That's it. That's it. Amen. To do mm-hmm. the will of the flesh. Amen. Truly. Mm-hmm. Truly. Sin, because see, one thing about sin, sin will make you feel guilty, but if you haven't mastered that thing, as the Amplified says, that flesh is still able to convince you and say, you ain't wrong, God will forgive you, because he knows he know you're just only human. He knows your heart. Your flesh will talk to you because the will of your flesh belongs to the devil. And whatever suggestion it made the first time, it's going to make another one and another one and another one. In other words, one excuse after another in suggestion. But as the scripture says in, in the Amplified, you have to master. We have to master this thing. And in order to master it, we got to crucify our flesh, mortify our flesh, put it under subjection to the word of God. Don't try to make the word of God subjected to our flesh, but put our flesh under the word. So the word can suppress it. The word can 
tell it to shut up when it decides it want to talk out of the will of God. So that was a good point, Elder. I like that. Let's go to to 2 Corinthians 9 and 6 through 11. Elder, you want to read that for me? And please break, you know, in between, because I know you want to read, read, read the book. Amen. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11. Uh Uh-huh. Amen. And it reads, but this day, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall also shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Mm-hmm. Wait, Every man, now, go wait ahead. a minute. Now let's note. Let's put. Let's note. Make a note here in this scripture. You can't be in sin and sow and reap from the Lord bountifully. Let's put that out there, okay? You cannot be in sin and reap and sow bountifully in the Lord. That, 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 that equation don't even match up. That's not even an equation. You can't even statistically prove that. So, so don't, don't get this twisted, everybody, because like I said, the Scripture says that he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. But now if you grudge it in your heart because sin is at the door, you're not going to reap and sow. You're not going to sow and reap bountifully because sin is at the door. And God is not obligated, amen, to you according to his word when sin is at the door. Read the book. Amen. Verse 7, every man according as he proposes, purposes, Mm-hmm. In his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Amen. Let's make a note here. This giver is one that has purpose in heart, not put on a mask of pretense, not just because you done stroked me or you smiled at me or you mentioned my name across the pulpit. Not because of the fact that everybody know I'm well off and, and they know I'm a large giver. Uh-uh. No, no, no. This is not that type of, this is a giver that has purpose in their heart. They put on no mask for the outside. They put on no performance for the outside. Your heart has to be in your giving toward God or anyone else as far as that matter if you say God told you to give it to him. Because, see, God reads, he sees the intent of the heart. So you can't put on a pretense with God. Now, you can put that thing on with man, but you cannot fool God. Go ahead, sis, verse 8. Amen. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. God is able to make for you that he always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Amen. This scripture, this verse of scripture says that God is able to make all grace, his unmerited favor, come to us in abundance. Isn't that something? So that we don't have to need or require aid or support from any other source but him. Isn't that something? Mm. Anybody else, but anybody else but him, unless he sends us to them or he sends them to us. 
That's how abundant, that's how abundant this, this, this thing is. Because it says God is able to make all grace. That's his unmerited favor. I'll say it again. Come to us in abundance so we won't have a need to require aid or support from any other source, the world system. Or let me go borrow some money from so-and-so. Or let me go play the lottery. Or let me go let me go see if I can play bingo. Let me go win this and go win that. Uh-uh. God should be our only source. The word of God is our source. That's our resource. Let me put it like that, because God is our source. The word of God is our resource. Amen, sis. Verse 9. Amen. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. Amen. God gives to the poor. What poor? The poor in spirit. Amen. St. Matthew 5 and 1 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We are blessed that we are poor in spirit because, see, because we were poor in spirit is the reason Jesus came to our rescue. Hallelujah. Because we were poor in spirit is the reason that God called us out of darkness into his righteousness. Again, but see, man looks at the outward appearance. So when man thinks of poor, see, they don't look at the spirit part. They're looking at the outward man as poor. He don't have this. He ain't dressing like this. He smells. He don't have on the latest this. But see, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. First Samuel 16 and 7 says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, but man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. God's way versus man's way. So therefore, God, the poor in spirit, I'm not saying we remain like that. Now, once we come into this righteousness, but that's what brought us into this. We have a need for salvation. We have a need for the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. God saw our need, and he gave us our need. But in that, we had to make a sacrifice and an offering called will, surrender all, self. Get rid of your flesh. Give up your nasty, habitual ways. That was the sacrifice and offering there. When you put that on the altar, I tell you, God will consume that thing when you put it on that altar in spirit and in truth. Read verse 10, Elder. Amen. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both ministers bread for your food and multiply your seed sown. And increase the fruit of your righteousness. Amen. God provides for the soil bread for eating, as well as multiplying the soil's resources and increase the fruits of the soil's righteousness. Amen. That righteousness means being in right standing with God. You don't get this multiplication in sin and living unrighteousness before God. 
we got to always come back and say, now, if that sacrifice and offering has sin in it or sin upon it and no repentance, hallelujah, it ain't going nowhere. You might as well don't even try. Matter of fact, it's not even going to get on the altar because God is not going to honor it. And he's going to not honor you. He's going to not respect you or your offering. Isn't that something? And I can imagine when God don't want to respect you, you got to be in a poor, poor come on. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that other word with but you got to be in a poor come on. Verse 11, Elder. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. God will enrich us in all things and in every way. So we can be generous, and out of generosity, we'll bring forth thanksgiving to the Lord. We can't lose with God. We can't lose with the stuff God uses. We will not lose out on anything. We will be enriched in everything bountifully, and most of all, through spiritual abundance. But we'll get there too. Amen. We're still talking about your sacrifices and your offerings and what are you bringing to the altar of God. And see, this teaching here is your prosperity teaching. This is, this is what you see on TV where everybody always talking about the Lord getting ready to give you a house. And, and uh, uh, Reverend Peter Pawpaw or whatever his name is always have got all these folks testifying about how they got all this money in the mail and, and how – they got his cloth and this water and all this stuff and believe God. But, see, this is your prosperity teaching right here, the word of God, in spirit and in truth. Because, see, when we line up with the word of God and obey it, willingly and obediently, the promises of God, which is his word, is not, is not held back from us. It's not denied of us. God will give us what we need in him. This teaching, this is your prosperity teaching. Since we love to be taught how God is going to bless, 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 and give to us. But see, this teaching is for you to know how to be prosperous in God through his word. Not how to wait on God to prosper you. Please get that. And see, when that stuff you be seeing on TV, see, they're waiting on God to prosper them without his word. Mm, I hear you, Lord God. This teaching is how to be spiritually bountiful through his word. Because, see, it's his word that, that pulls on him. It's his word that gets his attention. It's his word and willingness and obedience that causes him to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing where there's not room enough to receive it. Come on, somebody. It's the word of God that causes God to look on us and see his son, Jesus. It's the word of God that Jesus steps in for us as being our intercessor and says, Father, I died for that one. They need the Holy Ghost. God, I love you, Jesus. See, it's the word of God that God is looking for through his son, Jesus, in us mm. to be able to say, I can trust this one. I honor this one. Glory to God. 
It's the word of God. See, this word of God, see, this teaching, this is your prosperity teaching. And it's teaching you how to be faithful in thanksgiving over what God has given you through the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Are there any questions, any comments? Amen. As we continue to study, as you continue to study with us, see if you are Cain or unable in your sacrificial giving. In the scripture, God had respect for Abel and his sacrifice, but to Cain and his offering, God had no respect. And this made Cain angry with God. Are you angry with God because God didn't turn around and recompense you or to pay you back for what you thought that was because you heard this man of God or woman of God saying you can't beat God giving, put this in, and if you give God this and you trust God by faith, God's going to turn this thing around a hundredfold, a thousandfold, whatever, and you did it, and it didn't happen. Why? Did your countenance drop? Did you call that person a lying preacher, a lying prophet? Why? Because, see, your attitude was wrong. Your heart was wrong. See, you were only giving. You only, you thought that God is just like the 401K. You thought God was going to match you dollar for dollar. Hallelujah. And see, that's the way a lot of us look at God. We expect God to match us dollar for dollar. And then we try to blame it on the servant of God that we heard when we know sin was already at our door. We weren't trying to get out of sin. But yet we want God to bless us. We want God to turn around and we want it a hundredfold. That's what we gave. But our heart wasn't in it. What is your heart toward God in your sacrifice? Sacrificial giving. Does God have respect or disrespect for your offering and your giving? Whether your sacrifice of giving is in praise or worship, tithes and offerings, time or talent, what is your heart in giving it to God? God, I love you. What does your heart really say to God when God look on your sacrificial offering? What is, what is it saying to God when God look at your giving? We're not asking what it looks like to so-and-so, but what does it really look like to God? We don't care what the preacher's saying over the counter because, see, they, like I said, money is needful in the house of prayer because, see, money is needful for the furtherance of the gospel amen, and the upkeep of ministry. But what is God saying when you give that money? Because, see, the day is where, is the, in the days that we're living in, back in the Old Testament, they gave vegetables. They gave, they gave rams, sheep. <clears throat> they gave all that kind of stuff. Whatever the fruit of their labor was, that's what they gave. Well, we live, we live in a greedy, greedy country. <laughs> greed has taken, greed is the number one sin in America. Along with whoredom. Lust and all that other stuff that follows it, but greed. Because, see, we don't have no compassion for one another. If we can't ambitiously step on you, we're going to lie, cheat, and steal to step on you. 
whatever it's going to take us to do to get over you. And that's the kind of country we are without God. So, yes, money is needful now in the house of prayer. That's why I said don't get this thing twisted. I'm not talking against tithing and offerings. But I'm not, per se, talking only about tithing and offering. Because, see, your praise, your praise is an offering to God. When God wants you to praise him and you say, well, I don't feel like it today. Or you say, my hair got me bound. I just did my nails, God. I, my shoes, I don't want to have to take my shoes off. What is it that got you bound when it's time to give to God in praise, in worship, in prayer? What is it? If your giving is acceptable and is without spot or blemishes or sin from your heart, then God will do it. St. Luke 6 and 38 says, everybody loves this scripture, give. And it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. And we go again, that recompenses of God, that matching dollar for dollar. But the thing is, your giving has to be acceptable. Your giving has to be heartfelt. You have to have the right intentions towards the giving, towards giving whoever you're giving it to and as far as you present it to God. Again, another promise to liberal, free givers in their heart. If your giving is unacceptable and is without respect from the Lord God because of sin, transgressions, iniquity, it's found at the door of your heart with disobedience. God will do as Jeremiah 6 and 20 through 21 says. To what purpose cometh there to me incense from Sheba and the sweet came from a far country? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifices sweet unto me. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will lay stumbling blocks before this people, and the fathers and the sons together shall fall upon them. The neighbor and his friends shall perish. Isn't that something? God lets you know up front that he don't appreciate no unacceptable sacrificial offering to him. He lets you know up front. He's not a God that he'll hide this thing and wait till you've been a dead to you. He'll let you know up front through his word. I am not pleased with that. Here, like Cain, if your sacrifice and offering is unacceptable to God with no respect from God, then check your stewardship out with God. Check your relationship out with the Father. Check your labor with the Father. Check your willingness and obedience, because that carries a heavy weight with God and his re- recompense of reward. That, that willingness and obedience is a heavy weight with God, and that determines what's going to turn God at what time and, and when it's going to turn it on our behalf, regardless of how faithful we are in giving and how often we give. That willingness and obedience. 
That's those are heavyweights in the in the Lord God. Are there any questions or any comments at this point? Amen. In willingness and obedience, have you surrendered your will to the Lord God, to the way of God? Are you doing what God has required you in spirit and in truth? And before you answer that, don't 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 just haphazardly, yeah, I'm doing it, yeah, I'm doing it. Is there any fruit or labor for what you're doing? Has God has God consumed what you're doing and declared it as being righteousness under Him? Because you got a lot of people just say, yeah, 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 I believe I'm doing the will of God, but where's your fruit? Where's, your, where's the fruit of your labor from what you said God has told you to do? Because I tell you, we got this thing twisted. We really think God is a God that's sitting up there, and he's not holding us accountable for our unrighteousness. We think God is not holding us accountable for the sin that's lying at the door of our heart. Are you doing what God has required of you in spirit and in truth? Can God present you you to the devil and say, have you tried my servant so-and-so? Now, if you say you were doing that according to the first question I asked, can God suggest to the devil, have you tried my servant here? This is that heavy weight, that willingness and obedience. Carries that carries in the heart of God towards you. Because I tell you, if you're not willing and obedient toward the word of God, the will of God, I don't even believe God even looking your way. I might be wrong, but I don't think he is. God promises in his word. His word is, his, his promises is in his word. And that comes with a commandment. That must be executed by you, by us. <clears throat> in other words, the promises in the Word of God will cause God will cause God to give back to you in spiritual abundance. See, while we're looking for God to turn around money and stuff like that, the cattle on a thousand hills belong to the Lord. We know that. We know that He gives us He gives us the ability to get wealth. He gives, us, he gives us the ability to get promoted. He gives us that ability to do those things. Yes, we still have a requirement to do things. But see, when God begins to bless, God gives spiritual abundance. So while we're looking for all these little tangible things like money, 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 a new car, whatever money can buy, a new house, new shoes, new clothes, whatever, I just want to go on a trip. Well, whatever the case may be, what about that spiritual abundance? God don't need no money, but the house of prayers I said earlier do. So God's return to us is spiritual abundance, and that will be applied to our spiritual growth in him as he wills, desire, and destined us into his plans and purpose. Evaluate your spiritual growth toward your stewardship in, in sacrifices and offerings. Are you growing in the ways of the Lord God, or are you growing in the ways of your will and its desires that are opposed to God's will? Are you naturally bountiful 
like Cain? Are you just naturally bound to flow? In other words, do you just naturally have plenty? And then you try to take that and just give God of your substance? You just give him a portion of because you got it? And what will God tell you in the long run, whether he accepts it or not? Then you turn around and say, but I gave it. Spiritual abundance is what we're talking about now. God is a spirit, people. We ain't going to rub him and he's going to move for us. We ain't going to even go up to him and just cry a little sob, unrepentant cry, and he's going to relieve us. God is a spirit. And he will give us the spiritual abundance that we need if our sacrifices are acceptable to him with respect. How many of you know that God has to honor you with respect? I don't care how long you be, you say you've been in the race, you've been serving him, does God honor you with respect? That's to leaders, laymen, just believers, that's to the people of God. Three John, third John verse two says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. This scripture here talks about prosperity, health, and spiritual growth is a promise there. If we do just what just what this verse says, we'll prosper being in health and even as our soul prospers. That's the key word right there, as your soul prospers in the word of God. Because trying to get all of these things, trying to get prosperity, trying to get help, trying to, trying to do a little spiritual growing, because I don't think a lot of people think about spiritual abundance or spiritually growing. They feel like when they confess Romans 10 and 9 through 10 and quote St. John 1 and 1, I think they believe they finished right there. When they just believed that Jesus was born in the manger or they believed that he was crucified on that cross, they were right there. They stopped right there. Nobody continues the process. A lot of people don't continue the process of going to know him as being Lord and Master over their mind, spirit, soul, and body. Because, see, that, that, that equation carries deliverance sanctification, holiness. See, all those things have to be processed in you and through you by the word of God. So how can we have prosperity, health, and spiritual growth if our soul is not even prospering in him? Spiritual abundance is having a fullness of life, whereas everything is taken care of as it pertains to us in life and godliness. Spiritual abundance is seeing what God needs, pleasure and desires are for us. Spiritual abundance is a mindset, people, with a sense of satisfaction that comes from what, what we have, what we don't have, and what we will never have. I'll say that again. Spiritual abundance is a mindset with a sense of satisfaction. How the scripture says, 
being content no matter what state I find myself in. A sense of satisfaction that comes from what we have, what we don't have, and what we may never have. With spiritual abundance, the more satisfied we are with God's supply, the less we will need in the natural. Can you agree with that? I can say amen to that. Because the more of the word of God that I have in my heart, the more the spirit of the Lord quickens me and strengthens me in him, the less I need in the natural. Because my soul source is becoming God himself. The word of God itself. The spirit of the Lord itself. So why are we so busy trying to heap up everything in the natural? Because we can see these things and we are falling in the areas of spiritual abundance, spiritual growth. I beg to differ because see, when it's time to go home, your natural stuff ain't going to take you home. You won't be able to put all that in that casket when God requires you to come home. He requires that soul to be called in. Are there any questions, any comments? Amen. Just enjoying the study, Pastor. Amen. Amen. I'm definitely enjoying the study, Pastor. Amen. God bless you, sis. Amen. Me too, Pastor. Amen. God bless you, little sis. God bless you, Cootie. If you're not growing spiritually through all your giving, all your sacrifices, all your offerings, all your tithing, all your time and your talent, amen, something is wrong. And let me also say, in all your willingness and your obedience to the word, something is wrong. If you're not prospering both spiritually and naturally and is in good health, then something is wrong. Now, I don't mean that, you know, you're not going to have an ache and a pain here. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying you may have an ache and a pain, but you have the power and authority in whom you believe in and knowing that he is a healer. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You have that power and authority in knowing that and abiding by it, if you will. If you're not living a life of abundance with gratitude that displays a mindset with a sense of satisfaction, something is wrong. Because, see, if we're living a mindset like the world, that means we ain't never satisfied. We are never content. We're always trying to get more. We're always trying to work. I got to get more overtime. I got to get this. I got to get that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We need to be free, set free in the spirit so God can give us what we need in the natural. But something is wrong, though. Your sacrifices you bring, you bring it to the altar of God, are not being accepted by God with a return of his promises in his word. When we give, when we sacrificially give, and again, I'm not just talking tithes and offerings now, that is included. Because, see, God requires us in times and talent. He requires us to lay before him. He requires us to call on him. He requires that when we call him or he calls us, he requires us to get up and come into his presence. 
But then again, that brings us back to willingness and obedience overall. Then we can expect that return of the promises of the word of God. We can expect that. Spiritual abundance includes some of these, abundance in life, joy, power, supplying your needs, power to get wealth, promotions, beauty. Amen. He said he'll beautify the meat with salvation. So when a gray hair comes in your head, you ain't got to run to the beautician or run to the CVS and get some dye. Because, see, the beauty of that gray hair will let you know. Because, see, the Lord says no man can turn not one hair, white nor black. So what does that tell you? That's the Lord's doing. You know, the world says, well, so-and-so was under a lot of stress. No, so-and-so ain't did all of that. That's the Lord's doing. Because he says it can't no man turn one hair white nor black. But beauty. Because, see, gray hair brings out the beauty of a person just like straight black hair do. Or whatever color your hair is. Spiritual abundance includes praise, worship. I mean, you name it. Anything that God requires, that God desires from us, in that expected end that he thinks of us, that he's given to us in thought, just his thoughts alone, to be able to, to enter into the desired plan and purpose of his will, that's spiritual abundance. Come on, somebody, because you got to understand this thing tonight. Your sacrificial sacrifices and offerings, what are you offering to God? Because, see, what you're offering to God determines spiritual growth. It determines spiritual abundance. And the fact that whether you're willing and obedient to doing what you do. How are you doing it? Are you doing it grudgingly? Are you doing it with a heart for toward God, saying, God, I love you so much, and I want to give to this purpose. I want to do this. I want to do that. Because, see, I want to move forward in you. God, I love you, Jesus. Spiritual abundance. Spiritual abundance will include balance in your life, both spiritual and naturally. Psalms 119, verse 165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. That's spiritual abundance, y'all. That means you're balanced. You've got balance in your life naturally and spiritually. Whatever storm comes, whatever hell breaks loose in your life, hallelujah. Here comes that spiritual abundance with balance. Balance comes in and makes sure that the nerves don't start pumping like cylinders in a car. And make sure that blood pressure stays regulated. Make sure that blood flows like it's supposed to flow. That comes from spiritual abundance now when you have balance in your life. Hmm. Headaches can't even stay on board when you've got balance in your life from spiritual abundance. Sickness can't even stay in you. It can't even reign in you because of that spiritual abundance. 
Because, see, you got to understand, when, when, when the word of God is in us, look at it this way. Elder and I was talking about when the word of God gets in your heart. Look at it this way, people. When the word of God gets in your heart. Now, you know that your heart is used like a station. Okay, we know the kidneys, I think it is, that it purifies and cleanses the blood, but it goes back up to the heart. The heart is a station that distributes that blood to every vessel, every vein, every ligament, every bone, every, every, every member of this body. That blood has to run through that heart. But if I've hidden that word of God in my heart, come on now, if I've hidden that word in my heart, what's flowing through my veins? What's flowing through my my bones, my muscles? What's flowing through my, what what with oxygen? What's flowing through me? God, I you, Jesus. That word of God is what's cleansing me. Come on, somebody. That word of God is hidden in my heart that I may not sin against thee. God is causing his word to be that filter that we need, hallelujah, to cleanse these bodies. Come on, somebody. Mm, Jesus, I love you. Getting rid of all those toxins, getting rid of all them impurities because of that balance, because we've come to a balance in him We've come to a point that we're balanced both spiritually and naturally. And the spirit is dominating, not the natural. Ask yourself, am I balanced in the natural and in the spirit? Sort of like those scales of justice. If you were to put the spirit and the natural in balance on those scales, which one's going to outweigh the other? Are they going to remain balanced? Because the word of God is in the midst. The word of God is on board. But see, the word of God keeps that flesh under subjection. Are you in equilibrium with the spirit of God and his will for your whole man, mind, spirit, soul, and body? Not just part of you. And then jumping in and out of the flesh and stuff. I see, that's enough to trap and kill somebody doing that. I can only imagine. <laughs> Picture that thing. If the word of God is being pumped from my heart, cleaning my system, cleaning my body, and then I want to jump in and out my flesh, bringing in all them toxins and all them chemicals, hallelujah, God, bringing in all those additives that don't mix with the word of God. Come on now. If we forget to consider God by looking at out of gains and returns, then we will walk in the way and the mannerism of Cain. Evaluate your spiritual life tonight and, and its style with God and the Word. See if you're lining up with God's truth or is it your way the truth. God should get our best in everything that we do. What are we bringing to the altar of God? Even when we come there and say, Lord, I don't want nothing. I just want to give you thanks. That, that, that's what you're bringing to the altar, thanksgiving. Even when we go there and, we, and we're broken and we're hurt and we, we're coming there to God, we're giving God that broken, that broken spirit and a broken and a contract heart. 
That's an offering. That's a sacrifice because I'm coming to you, Father, because I'm hurt. The Bible teaches us that we don't serve a high priest. They cannot be acquainted with our feelings and our desires and our hurts and our aches. He knows, but he knows when it's real now. God should get out of bed. We shouldn't be taking anything to that altar of God. Now, sin, we need to lay that thing down and never pick it up again. And I guarantee you, God knows when you're sincere about giving up that sin because he'll, he'll set fire to it. The fire mm-hmm. of God, the fire around the throne of God will mm-hmm. disintegrate that sin. Glory yeah. to God. He's so called about shit. See, fire will burn up sin. The fire yeah. of God will burn that sin in us if we let it. God, I hear you. Because, see, we got to take it and put it on the altar. Even though sin may be something that you say, well, that's not no sacrifice and no offering. Yes, it is. Sin is a sacrifice because it's telling God, God, I surrender all. Hallelujah. I'm ready to give up this thing now because this thing has tormented me long enough. I'm ready to lay it down, my Lord God. I need you to do something. God's going to send that fire. God, see, the fire of God will begin to burn up, destroy that thing that's trying to hinder you in his will. God, I need you, Jesus. But see, we got to want to let sin go. And I'm not talking no big sin, no little sin. I'm talking sin. Sin, transgressions, and iniquity that we commit in word, deed, action, and thought. Glory to God. We got to put it on the altar. But see, I want that spiritual abundance in my life. I don't know about you all. I want that balance in my life. I want that peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Mm. I want to be able to love everybody with a sincere heart and not holding no grudges against nobody. I want to be able to forgive and forget, just like the Lord Jesus did for us. Mm. I want to be able to tear in this thing just like the Lord Jesus. So when God looks on me, God don't have no hesitation to give me what's in his word. Mm. God, I hear you. See, we want to play patty cake with God. We want to dance around this thing. We want to have excuse after excuse as to why we're not growing spiritually, why we're not accepting the spiritual abundance of God. Because he ain't going to force it on you now. Are there any questions or comments? Are we coming to a close here? Amen. God should get our best. What are we bringing at the altar, to the altar of God? Sin with your sacrifices and offerings will not be consumed until God knows you're willing to give it up. You've got to be willing to give this stuff up. And he knows in your heart when you're ready to give it up. Under the law, the law the law sacrifices were not affected to take away the sin back in the Old Testament. And, still, and it still resides today. 
Because, see, in those sacrifices, there was a remembrance of their sin in their conscience. Is your conscience free of your sin? Can your sin rise back up in your conscience? Can your conscious mind bring back your sin to you and you act upon it? It can if you haven't been delivered. It can if the fire of God has not delinquished. What's that? Distinguished? What's that word, Elder? Extinguish. Okay, thank you. Extinguish. And the word of God can extinguish that thing. Are you sure? Amen, amen, to take it out, to put it out. Amen, it's just extinguish the fire, fire out. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. But see, when we have that sin in our conscience, that sin can easily come back and remind you, see, you had it made when you was, when you was not saved. See, you, see you, you didn't have to go through all this and wait all on God to get this and that. You single women, child, you know you want a husband. Go sleep with, with so-and-so's husband. Man, you know you want a woman. Go ahead on. You know you ain't used to you ain't used to buying no shoes unless you try them on first. And then you sit around come talking about you going to wait on God. Come on now. Sing it in our conscience. Because, see, those ways, those examples I just gave, that's the world's way of doing things. And we, too, was in the world at one time. That's why the scripture says be in the world but not of the world. See, we got to be able to give up all of these ways that we had there. So Hebrews 10 and 1 through 10 are telling you about the, the laws of sacrifice and how the sin was still remembered in the conscience of the people. Ask God to cleanse your conscience. Ask God to show you what's in your conscience that needs to be gotten rid of. Don't try to act like ain't nothing there. You don't know nothing there. If you know it's there, put that thing on the altar. So it'll stop hindering you and you'll be able to move forward in the will of God. Then God can give you the spiritual abundance that you need, that you desire. Repentance is much needful here with godly sorrow for sin. Praying and asking the Lord God to give you a new heart, a new spirit, so that God can take away that stony heart of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. He's going to take away the the, the heart in the flesh, okay? Because in the will of the flesh, there too is a heart. Because those are where your desires are. But he wants to give you a heart of flesh, a new heart. And in that, then the Lord will put his spirit inside of you, and he will cause you to walk in his statutes, keeping his judgments, and doing them. And if you wonder why you can't, you can't keep the statutes of God, you can't keep the judgments of God, that's his word. When you can't do those things, when, when Paul says, when I want to do good, sin is always present, and you give in to sin, Ask God for a new heart, a new spirit. Ask God for a heart of flesh and no longer a heart of stone. Ask God to cleanse your conscience. That's in Ezekiel 36 and 26 through through 27. 36, 26 through 27. 
I'm closing now. Psalm 61 and 16 through 17 says, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou desirest not invert offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contract heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Even down to not having tangible those things that are seen in sacrifice or offering, God's word holds true. He will not despise a broken spirit and a broken and contract heart. Just because we don't have anything tangible to offer up to God, if you don't have anything, still give him that which is intangible in your heart, that which you can't see. You remember the widow's might. She gave all she had. Give your your heart to the Lord. Give him your heart. Because, see, he knows how to regulate that heart. He knows how to cleanse that heart. He knows how to renew that heart. He knows how to get rid of the generational curses. He knows how to get rid of that sin that so easily besets you. He knows how to get rid of those things. But we got to surrender them. We got to put them on the altar. And Hosea 6 and 6 says, For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offering. This is truly repentance time. There's no greater sacrifice or offering greater than that. God desires this of his people. He desires his people to know him. He desires to give us mercy and not sacrifices. I'm going to tell you like God told me once before, the Lord told me years ago, you don't have nothing to offer me. (laughs) He told me, you don't have no sacrifices. (laughs) In other words, he was saying to me, just do my will. You don't have no, you don't have no excuses not to because I've moved them all out of your life. I freed you just that much. You don't have no no sacrifices to offer me other than to do my will. And I tell you, that has been a beautiful way to live in him because life begins when we begin to obey God and do his will. Are there any questions or any comments? Amen. I take it if we don't have any questions or any comments, I take it that everybody is lining up with God's sacrificial offerings and sacrifices, and that we're in the area where we need to be in to receive the spiritual abundance of God and from God. Our spiritual growth is is just going from one height to another. I'm going to believe that. Because, see, like I said in the very beginning, the wrong answer, the wrong question is the question that you don't ask. Because, see, there's no wrong questions in the gospel. It just tells you what level of faith you have, where you are in faith, in understanding the will of God. So, like I said, we're just going to believe that everybody's in the place of where they need to be. Amen? Amen. And if you're not, we're going to believe Amen. That you're going to go before God and ask God to have mercy upon you and give you what you need show you how to make those sacrifices and offerings of self. Amen. 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 Amen.
study tonight. That was a good word. This Sister Mumford, I enjoyed it very much. I'm asking prayer for a family in our church, the Ward family, W-A-R-D, the Ward family. Y'all would them in prayer. We appreciate it, and we love you guys. Amen. We love you too, Sister Mumford, and it's good to hear your voice. It was a little, it was a little um, staggering there, but I think I heard what you said. Um, and we thank God for you being on the line. We'll be, be sure and tell Pastor we said hello and praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Are there any more comments from anybody else? Amen. Amen. Father amen, God, Pastor. go ahead. Amen, Pastor, because we want the people on the line to know, amen, like you say, Amen. There ain't no wrong questions or no wrong answers here. Amen. Because we have new people that come on this line. We are open to questions. We are, we're going to get that answer to you. If we don't answer tonight, amen, we'll find a way to get this answer to you. Amen. Truly. So if there's any questions, if you need prayer, just ask for it. Amen. Amen. Because we, we do believe, see, this is, this is an online deliverance. Bible study, amen, and that's what we're here for, to believe God with you in righteousness, not to believe God in foolishness now, but in righteousness, amen, and we're, and we're praying that the word of God is doing what it's supposed to do to for you and to you as a hearer and doer of the word, amen, because this word of God is not a hard word to apply, the only hard word to apply is disobedience. And so I'm telling you, so we, we, we're not on this line just to hear ourselves talk. We're on this line because we do believe that God is here with us and that God will answer the need through prayer. He will answer the need of any individual that requests. Like I said, the only wrong question is the question that we don't ask. You know, so like I said, if we're not in a place that we need to be in, see, that's how the devil holds people back. That's how the devil keeps you hindered. That's how your will keeps you hindered, by not exposing where you are. And what I mean by that, I don't want to know all the details in and out of your marriage and what your children didn't do, and that ain't what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is where you are. Amen. Because, see, one thing about it I've learned that when we cast all our cares upon the Lord, for he cares for us, and we lay ourselves down on that altar, God takes care of everything else that's pertaining to us. That includes husband, wife, children, job, whatever the case may be, and whatever weapon is trying to form against me, God will take care of all that stuff when I make myself and present myself as a sacrificial offering to him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He will begin to move on my behalf. Why? Because I soulfully trust him as being my source and my resources. See, this, this, this thing called salvation is not a joke. It's not a game. This thing is real because we're dealing with a real devil. And when I say a real devil, devil is a spirit, but the devil also gets in people. And we ourselves are our worst enemy because all of us have flesh. We all got flesh. So, therefore, if that flesh has not been crucified and mortified on a daily basis, then that means that the will of our flesh is in activation at some point or another, if not all the time. 
So we thank and praise God for the new people that, that are on the line. We thank and praise God for the people that continue to stay with us, amen, because we truly believe that we have a word from the Lord and that the Lord will back up his word. He will honor his word. Amen. 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 Who is that? Who is that? Also, this is Dietrich Williams. Oh, okay. God bless you, sis. How are you? Fine, thank you. That's good. That's good. We hope that we said something that, that will help you throughout the day. Amen. As the Lord permits, and it's good to hear your voice. Amen. If, if there's no more comments or, or questions or anything from anybody else, amen. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, Lord God, we appreciate you for being our God. We thank you so much, Lord God, for sending your son Jesus on our behalf. Glory to God. We thank you, Lord God, because Jesus set the example for us. And we thank you, Lord God, that your example and your way is not hard. Amen. Your word is not a burden to us, O oh God. Amen. Oh, God, if your yoke is easy. It's easy, Lord God. And we thank and praise you, Lord God, for knowing that the word of God coming into our life brings in life. We begin to breathe freely. We begin to enjoy life, oh, God, because we're breathing now through the source, our main source, which is our Father, which art in heaven. Lord God, tonight we ask you to honor the word of God, which we know you will. But we ask that you would look on this word, oh, God. Whatever was said, all that was said in spirit and in truth, God, hide it in our hearts that we may not sin against you and we may not sin against one another. We ask, oh God, in the name of Jesus, that those that are just not coming in to listen with us, we ask, Father God, that you would, oh God, give them what their desire is in their heart. Oh God, no matter what it is, we ask in the name of Jesus that you will begin to allow the word of God that was spoken tonight to saturate, oh God, their soul, their mind and spirit. Oh God, and captivate that body, glory to God, that it will not be able to dictate to them any longer. And Lord God, those that are in need, the bereaved families, those that are sick, oh God, those that are in need, because, see, we all are sick, amen, without the word of God. We ask in the name of Jesus, Father God, that the word of God, hallelujah, will go out and heal those that need to be healed according to your will, Lord, because we know that everything has to be in your will in the name of Jesus. And so, God, we send it out in the will of God that the will of God, that it won't return back to you, Lord, Lord God, but it will accomplish that which pleases you. Heal those that are sickly, Lord God. Heal those that have lost loved ones, oh God. Let the love of God, oh God, begin to saturate each and every one of the hearers and the doers of your word. God, give us a new meaning in this thing called life in you. Give us a new direction and a new path in this thing called life in you. Oh, God, open up our eyes of understanding. Open up our ears to hear what the Spirit has to say in the name of Jesus, that we will be able to follow you, oh, God, as sheep should follow. When we hear your voice, oh, God, we'll know that it is you that's calling us into your righteousness. It is you, Lord God, that's calling us into you. Hallelujah. As you make us and mold us to be in that which you planned and purpose. 
in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord God, we just thank and praise you for all that you've done. We thank and praise you for this day. But this was a new day for us that you gave us. But the beautiful part about it is you gave us all an opportunity to be a part of it, and we just said thank you tonight for it. We said thank you for what all you've done for us on our jobs, driving us to and from our destination, protecting us from danger, seen and unseen, oh God. Only God can do that, Lord God, and we say thank you for it tonight. Glory to God. Only you can do it, Father. You hold us in the palm of your hands, Lord God. And I know you won't let us fall. And I know you won't allow the enemy to take us and remove us from your hand. So in your hand, Lord God, we stay. In the love of your hand, Lord God, we commend ourselves there. And, Lord God, we ask you to continue to move by your spirit in our lives. Continue to give us the spiritual abundance that we need. Oh, God, continue to command us to grow. Oh, God, show us how to execute the command of growth in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord God, we ask that you would give all the hearers and doers of your word a sweet and peaceful sleep tonight as never before. Allow peace to saturate them. Oh, God, no matter where they are, from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet, allow peace and love, oh, God. Allow the fruit of the Spirit, oh, God, to begin to saturate their homes. God, give that husband a loving ear to his wife. Lord, give that wife a loving ear to her husband. God, in the name of Jesus, allow those children to obey their parents, oh, God. Allow those children, oh God, to come up in you, oh God, that their inheritance will not be denied because of their disobedience, oh God. God, in the name of Jesus, we love you tonight. We thank you for what you're doing. We honor you. We give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, we thank you. And every soul on this line says, hallelujah, we thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Good night. Amen. Good night. Amen. Good night. Amen. Good night. We love you all. Amen. 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 Elder, give me a call, please.